Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. Hey, Heather, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. I was thinking, did I ever tell you about my um, my setup here? No, you've not. Hmm. So the one thing that I use, which which I don't think is available internationally yet, is a product called Desk Stand. And it's a a wooden frame that it goes into an A-frame um, so, that it, so, so that it balances. And then you've got shelves that you put in, two shelves basically that give you your, your uh, space to put things. And then you put it on top of a desk. So instead of having to buy a standing desk that moves up and down, you have a desk stand you put on, on top of a desk. And I think it's I think it's made in Cape Town. And I bought another one when I got back here because obviously when we left in April, I gave it to my brother. Um, and I'm amazed that at how much I actually enjoyed working on this. It's like made my life like I felt happy having one. It's it's like that kind of thing. I mean, and, and it's and it's not the tech at all. It's just wood, um, but it just works so well. And um, you know, you've got spaces to, to thread your cables through, and there's hooks to hang things on, and and it's pretty sturdy. This time around. And I say that because obviously we, we were here till April last this year, uh, this last year. Um, I had a, a, a 21 inch or 22 inch screen on the top shelf next to my laptop. This time around, I'm actually using my iPad Pro as a second screen with my laptop. And I'm using my iPad mini like I did before to take my notes on. But I'm actually going to start using that maybe as a third screen for some things because uh, it actually works fairly well provided provided your network is stable i had some challenges to begin with but uh, I, I think there was just an update that i needed to run but now that it's all stabilized um it works really well um so well in fact sometimes i press on my ipad screen to do something because that's obviously a touch screen and that doesn't work um although i did read somewhere that they're going to make that available in this next release that you can actually use your finger on your ipad to back onto your onto your mac advice uh you know so you can use it that way which i think would be really cool um but it's just simplified my life so like but now when we move around nomadically mm-hmm. uh, i've got all the devices with me that that give me my full working experience and i've still got my jabra speaking unit which is still being the best one um because i didn't bring my microphone with me obviously because that thing weighs a ton in my suitcase so you know my calls all, all through the jabra and then I've got a, a travel keyboard and trackpad with me, uh, which makes up my whole setup. Um, so I can be up and running in like an hour um, mm-hmm. once you've plug, plugged all the cables in and, and all that stuff. And it's a bit of a running joke at the moment because I carry three big extension cables, uh, multi-plugs with me, one that goes in my, my backpack, and then two that are in my carry-on um, bag. So when we go somewhere, those two always come with us. So wherever we are, I just plug them in. That's got all the plugs already plugged in, all the cables for all the things that have to be charged. So it's literally walk in, plug that in. Then not everything is, can just be charged. So we don't have to worry about finding plugs and whatever. 
So as long as I got one, and then I got my, my travel adapters to go with that. So that's easy. And then my backpack carries another one with all the plugs in. So when I'm working by myself, like if I went to Regis or something, I just plug that in, and that's got all my cables to plug the to charge the iPads, the the, the Apple, uh, the the laptop, etc. So it's like completely streamlined now, to the point that that for me personally, I can go anywhere uh, and work. Um, and my wife is a complete mess. On the other hand, she she refuses to do anything like that. So she she always moans about not having a charger with her or whatever. But I'm slowly working on her to see the value of the way I've been doing it. So, so yeah, I just thought I'd share with you because uh, I, I haven't told you about my setup here. Cool. So, yeah. No, it sounds like a nice lightweight pack up and go. <laughs> Everything always ready. I'm curious how you find the sort of pop-up standing desk versus the, um, you know, the, I guess, full standing desk experience. Do you find like, are you missing out on space or does it not bother you? Um, so remember we had that conversation about contexts. So what I like about this is this is permanently in, in the right position. And even my standing desk in my house in the UK, um, and, and my wife and I, again, are, are different on this. She uses a standing desk as a sitting desk. Um, I use a standing desk as both a sitting and a standing desk. So she hasn't really got into this whole standing thing. Um, and she always wonders why she's got neck and back pain. Um, my neck and back pain has gone since I've started standing again, to give you an idea. Like I, I was having huge issues now, it's like completely gone. And I'm not sleeping on a great bed or anything like that. I should have back pain, but I actually don't. So so I think it's it, for me, it's proven its thing. But this is where the context is important. So, so this room that I'm in now is set up with a standing desk. And everything's here um, for for most of the day, you know. So so for most of my working day, I'm standing. But there are times when I like to sit, and and that typically is the sort of five o'clock in the morning when I get up and I want to do some some brain work. I will literally go with a laptop. Sometimes I'll take the iPad with me, and I'll go sit at the dining room table, and I'll work for like an hour, two hours sitting, and that's almost broken the. And that's why the context is important. So, so when I'm doing calls and I'm doing, I almost want to call it operational work, I'm doing it standing. Uh, when I'm doing that thinking brain work, I'm doing it at the dining room table. Uh, and actually, before I call now, I was doing some planning and design work, but I wasn't using any technology. I've gone back to pen and paper. So I've got a nice, nice big A3 illustrator's book. So it's got a nice cover and it's nice paper and all the rest of it. I'm actually drawing out some stuff. So that's completely analog, but I found and that, that I'm doing sitting as well. And I found by doing that, I've automatically sat down and I've started thinking about stuff and, and, and getting into that sort of deep work state. Um, so it's already tricked my brain into being in the right state at the right time. Uh, um, so in that sense, having the standing desk permanent has worked wonders. Now, back in the UK, what I would do, because we have a double story, this is all on one level, is if I wanted to take a break uh, and I was working upstairs, I just walk downstairs with my laptop and go sit at the dining room table and, and do some calls there or whatever it is. In fact, we've got three places to work at that, in that house. And then again, contextually makes a difference. Now the challenge with that house um, versus say this one really is about where the kids are in that respect. So like where I am now, I can close the door and lock and, and they, they, all their stuff is in the other room. If I wanted to sit down and work here, then I don't have that opportunity. Now, what I could do, and this is where this desk stand is quite quite clever, is currently the way the shelves are done 
is they are in a standing position. But I could, in theory, just move the shelves down and move the screens down and move the, the keyboard down to a low level and then just sit here. So it's, so it's possible, but it's a bit more clunky than, say, the moving desk. Mm -hmm. I press the button and the whole thing shifts down. Um, and that's something that I, I do miss sometimes. Like I was sitting here with, with a long call yesterday, like three hours, and mm -hmm. I was tired. <laughs> and I was like, geez, I just want to go and sit down and, and, and think. But that's that's not as, as easy as pressing the button and it starts going down and I just sit down and carry on talking. So, so there's a bit of that, but, I, you know, that's not – an insurmountable problem. Um, I don't do many three-hour-long calls. In fact, I, I normally avoid those like the plague. But I unfortunately had to get into this one. And and the, the only thing I'm missing in this one is my mat. You know, I have a rubber mat that I normally stand on. I'm standing on carpet at the moment, which is fine. But when you've stand it, stood for like three or five hours, you need to you you miss the cushioning. Yeah. Um, but you know, these are these are things that that uh, I slowly improve the environment as I'm working with this. I'm trying to do this one in a way that I'm not buying a whole lot of stuff that now I have to worry about storing. Um, because when we leave this time, I'm going to store the stuff. I'm not going to sell it or, or whatever. I'm just going to put it in a suitcase and, and leave it in a garage um, or in a storage locker so I don't have to keep carting around. Because that's the other thing. I mean, I'm carting around. One of my mates joked to me, said, you know, the amount of copper that I carry when we travel, they could have just stayed here. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of silly. It's like five, five kilos worth of stuff, which I'm exaggerating. I haven't weighed it. But if you think about the number of cables, um, number of plugs, the um, whatever, and, and you don't want to go and buy the South African versions of all the plugs, like for your phones and stuff. Yeah. It's it's kind of just a waste of money. So and we, and we've got so many plugs, you know, obviously with every every device you've bought over time. Of course, now with, with what's changing with the USB-C, um, all the old USB connectors are being replaced by USB-C connectors. So you, you are getting to a point where the plugs are no longer um, interchangeable. Um, but I'd probably get another couple of years out of them um, before it becomes a major issue. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in theory, I guess that'll make things easier over time, but there's always that painful switch um, to a new standard. Yeah. Um, no, that sounds cool. I know that I've seen the, Sort of what you are, you know, describing before the multi-level desks, they definitely seem like a good solution for folks who aren't, you know, they don't want to get rid of their existing desk or they don't want to invest like typically a, um, a full standing desk is more expensive. So if you're like not sure if you want one or maybe you're in a workplace where they won't um, reimburse you for one or they won't let you set up one, you can bring in your own sort of on top of the desk version and get a standing experience that way. And then for you, uh, that's a new use case, I guess I wouldn't have thought of as the digital nomad where you can have like digital nomad where you're returning to a place, you know, so you can have a light set up. Um, that's really cool. And then the other thing, when you're talking about moving around, it reminded me or uh, working in different areas, sort of this zone working concept that I think is seeming to become more popular, especially with, hybrid working, both, you know, going, you know, we talked about working from a pub, working from, you know, different environments, sort of shaking up your day. But then even within new workplace environments, um, a lot of companies are redesigning the office to have sort of this zone feel. So they'll have, you know, oh. their cafe area or uh, lounging areas, you know, places you can go to have 
meetings or just pick up your laptop and work from a different area. I really like the idea of sort of partitioning that into I'm thinking about doing a particular kind of work. So I'm going to work here. It's very interesting. And it's funny because, you know, having worked from home for several years now, I've pretty much exclusively only ever worked in my same office the whole time. So I haven't tried it, but I am intrigued by the concept. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I found, I mean, obviously being back in the UK, we had, we had our setup there. And then when we were in Joburg before, we had our setup as well. And I've been, you know, having had the chance to, to sort of set up the office a few times, now I have a pretty clear, like, I need these things. Um, you know, what I, what I was missing was a screen, an extra screen. But now that my iPad does it properly, um, it's not that I don't need one. I mean, I could could get a you know a 21 inch or a 22 inch or something like that this this desk is designed for two 21 inches to stand next to each other so you could do that um so if you had a permanent office like you i'd probably end up with with either one massive screen um which is what i was going to do back in the uk uh or multiple uh 22 inches or 21 inches or on on um on gimbal arms so that you can arrange them as you want um but having these two like this actually works relatively well. It's just, you know, because often you just need the extra screen for, for, for checking something while you're doing something else. Not necessarily, uh, you know, some operational guys will have screens for different reporting they're looking in or traders and that sort of thing, which is obviously a different use case. Um, but what's been interesting being here is, you know, obviously now it's outside of COVID, the ability to go and do work in in the shared office space multiple ones and, and you know I, I signed up for a regis not really a membership but i just use them as as my sort of go-to shared office space company and i do a meeting in rosebank or a meeting at santon or in bedford view or wherever it was in, in all around joburg it was just different suburbs and you know you get a consistent base like you know you can go book a meeting room or a or a, a one-person two-person office it's going to cost you you know, an equivalent of, of dollars, I can't tell you, but in pounds is probably 20 to 30 pounds a day or for, for half a day because I wouldn't do the whole day. You normally do half. And you've got a desk, you've got a chair, you've got internet, you've got printers, you've got people to do stuff for you and you've got a, and you've got whiteboards and all that kind of stuff. So when you need that kind of work, you just know that it's there and you can go do it. Um, and then you can go back to your home office for the other stuff that you need to do. And I found that it was really nice because then you go to a shared working space, you go talk to people that also they're working, you network a little bit, you have a chat, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so you get the social side of things that you don't always get when you're working from home. Plus you've got, you know, the space. And that's why the backpack is set up like it was with all the chargers and all the rest of it, because I just walk in, plug in and get get to work. Um, so that that works really well too. Um, and, and, I've, and I have felt that even now that I'm in Mossel Bay, like I need to go and socialize. I need to like go to gym we go to gym uh, down here by one of the golf clubs just to talk to other people because I've found now having talked to people, you know, you miss it when you're not talking to people, um, you know, doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. You kind of get in this remote worker bubble of, you know, maybe being on screen all day or, you know, interacting via chat, but there's no in the real world human interaction, which is just, it can get a little, you know, yeah. I, I didn't watch any of the World Cup, um, but it was nice to talk to people that were watching the World Cup that cared about it. And, you know, the South Africa is full of um, 
various European nationalities. You've got Lebanese, you've got um, Portuguese, you've got uh, uh, ah, Spanish, you know, all, all you know, whoever whoever colonized the, the country, they you know, there's there's huge uh, pockets of them. So there were a lot of people that, you know, when when Portugal was knocked out, you know, you, I, I saw them at gym the day before the, the day of the game and then the next day when they'd, they'd been kicked out and, you know, you, you deal with what they're going through because even though they live here, they most of them are born second, third generation here. You know, there's still a strong patriotism for Portugal as well uh, or for Spanish, Spain or, or whatever it is. So, um, it is, it, you know, it's good to have those sort of conversations which you won't normally get in a, in a, call like this where you know it's it's time-based and it's got an agenda per se and it's you know unless yeah. you make it have a free conversation um it's not gonna happen too well definitely well did you want to i was thinking too about some of the we talked about maybe reflecting on some of the themes we had visited on the podcast in 2022 and doing a little bit of a year in sort of recap or just yeah, reflecting on some of those things. Um, I had one in mind, but are you still up for doing that today? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go ahead with yours. I, I, there was two that stood out for me, but but go ahead with yours. Yeah, I think I just wanted to touch more on a a theme that we visited last year. Something we've talked a lot about is, you know, sort of quantified self technology. So you've you know looked into quite a few different interesting trackers and we've talked a lot about um different smart devices like the aura ring like um apple watches uh we've explored the sort of capabilities of the new apple watch and it's interesting to see them going into more of the i guess extreme fitness use cases you know trending that way and towards sort of more of the garmin historical space um but uh, and also some some fitness programs as well, things like Apple Fitness Plus. So I thought, you know, it's an interesting theme that we come back to again. And I know um, maybe just talk about any updates that we have there in that realm. Like are you st- I know we had we'd sort of revisited Apple Fitness Plus. You'd given it a second go and felt more positively about it. Do you still is it still one you're coming back to or have they evolved it at all? Yeah, so it's ironic you bring that up because my wife did, and she, she's done two workouts with me this week. Obviously, when we moved to a place, we, you know, one of the things we always try and sort out is the gym, and we haven't sorted out the gym here yet, which we've just done today. Um, so she's been doing the workouts with me the, the last couple of days, and and she just said they're not tough enough. Now, bear in mind that that uh, I don't think they're, they're terrible workouts, but I did an insanity workout, which is what we were doing before today as a comparison. And yeah, she's right. I mean, you know, the insanity workouts are definitely tougher. Um, So in that respect, I think the Apple Fitness product is a very good product uh, for what it is. I mean, if you think what you pay for it, it's probably 50 to $80 a year, something like that. It's It's not ridiculously expensive. Um, and I've varied what I use with it. So, you know, obviously I do a lot of HIIT workouts and that sort of thing, but I've done some yoga and I do some strength work and all that stuff. And it's a great filler for that stuff. Now, all that say, said, the biggest issue I have with it, it's still not user-friendly in a lot of ways. Uh, and I'll give you some examples. 
So I download my workouts uh, on the, on Apple Fitness because often what happens, even in the UK with good bandwidth, they freeze in the middle of a workout. There's nothing worse than being in the middle of, you know, a 30-second or a 45-second exercise and it freezes in the middle. And then, you know, and it freezes for long, like 30, 40, 50 a minute, second, you know, it's 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 mm-hmm. it's unusable sometimes. In fact, the one that froze yesterday, which and this is why I download them, because it doesn't freeze as much. But yesterday it still froze during a thing. And and I found that some of the ones that I've downloaded, they don't play for some reason. So it'll still show that it's one gig of data, but the actual video won't play. So I think there's some stability problems with the product still that have to be ironed out. Um, I find that that whole mechanism of downloading and um, removing and replacing with the latest ones, that that doesn't even exist. And I think that that's something that even YouTube doesn't do very well, come to think of it. You know, one of the things that, that was nice about Insanity in some respects is you knew there was a plan of which, which ones to do which days. Um, because they're varied and there's different reasons, there's strength ones versus fitness ones, et cetera, et cetera. And I would have thought by now that Apple Fitness has been out for so long that Apple Fitness itself would be recommending based on what I, which ones I do. Like I only use two, two trainers, for example. I'd be getting notifications that this trainer's released a new video. You know, go and do this one. Or you've done a lot of these ones. Maybe you should do some of these ones. You know, that sort of background stuff because they've, they've got the data to know. Um, and we're not talking about an AI here. We're just talking about a, a little bit of of background logic. You know, count how many times I've watched an episode and whatever. So, so that's that that evolution needs to happen. Um, I mean, the integration with the watch is good. You know, it picks it up, it tracks what you're doing, the feedback's good. I mean, when I did the, the insanity today, it was one of the things that irritated me was that I couldn't see what my heart rate was from the screen, or how I was tracking against anyone else has done this. It. You know, it's the gamification thing. You want to know how you're doing. So I'd love to, because my wife did the same workout after me. She didn't at the same time. So I wanted to know how she did versus me. And, you know, she didn't track it from the beginning. So she you know, she forgot to turn a watch on, which she always forgets. So she didn't have the workout tracked, you know, couldn't really compare. Um, so it's those little things that that as a product, it could, it could evolve. Um, I also think... Um, there's some other things around how they've done the usability that could just be improved. It's just not a not a uh, an easy to use product, and you can only filter a certain way. But there's more ways you could be filtering. Um, you could be doing like what I normally do is I do I say normally, but like I like to do a 30 minute, then I like to do a 10 minute, or I like to do a 20 minute plus a 10 minute of something else. You know, give me a sort of scale. Like if I say I've got an hour, give me a group of exercises. In the, or, or sessions in that hour based on what you already know about because you've got all my health data so you should know what what I'm looking for so I think that needs to happen um, and if I compare it to um, Fitbod which I haven't done as much of which is the 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 training which was, now I go back to gym I'll start using that again that doesn't do very much with HIT so I've got to balance it between doing some HIT work one day and then doing the gym the other day um, every day I, I come in there's a new plan so it's always fresh and it's always looking at what body parts have been used and sort of making sure I'm, I'm doing enough upper body and lower body in a week so that I'm constantly testing the body and, and doing different things. If, there, if those two sort of joined together so that I had a, a gym plan that went with my hit plan so that I'm 
constantly be you know, keeping balanced because that's one of your biggest issues. You can end up being overloading on the gym and not doing enough cardio work uh, and mobility work. I think that's the nirvana that I'm looking for, and I'm not quite getting that from either side. Um, so it's, it's, it's my own management. So I think it's a long answer to your question um, around what I think. I, I won't cancel my Apple Fitness thing because it's a great mm-hmm. thing for what it costs me. And, you know, situations like this where I just need something to do, it's great. I just go turn it on, follow follow a plan for 10, 20, 30 minutes. Um, and that's it. But it's also the content's a bit stale. Like I've done the same videos over and over again now. Um, oh, it's disappointing to hear. <laughs> yeah. Look, they're not, bad, they're not bad videos. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're not bad at all. Um, but but it, it almost, in some respects, it has a it, it has a promise, an unwritten promise, that it would be it would be something. And maybe maybe it's because I only use the hit workouts. I don't see the other stuff. And also, again, um, it's it's that lack of personalization that I was expecting to come. Where you know you you got my, you got my health data. I've got all your stuff. You know, show me a bit more than than almost a basic platform because that's still kind of a basic platform. Yeah, I think Apple tends to do a lot of the, um, you know, they stick to the basics and across a lot of their health things, right? Um, Even I've been watching a few reviews of the new Ultra Watch and, you know, folks testing it out who are actually, you know, in the the diving, the, the deep diving scenarios and the other things that they sort of had claimed and promised it could do. And the commercials were really... Um, like flashy extreme examples of uh, folks like taking it to the limits. But in reality, it's like sort of a more, you know, it's a more basic diving computer for those who are, you know, just hobbyists, just getting into it, like a casual sort of thing. It's not meant for like expert divers to be able to go and um, take the watch as the only monitor, you know, that they need to dive with. So I guess I think it seems like something across the board that's more like Apple sort of for for everyone in some respects. So they keep things more basic or beginner friendly and don't offer a lot of the more like the I know the Aura Ring has the you get that daily score right mm-hmm. about sort of your and Garmin also has now introduced they have a readiness score as well. So every day, um, you know, you get some out of a hundred, you know, what's your body batteries maybe what they call it um yeah. apple doesn't have anything like that yet so they definitely sort of don't seem to be pushing the bounds of the you know the fitness tech yeah and i think that's gonna i think that's gonna happen through acquisition i think i think at some point they're gonna go that there's and you're right i think that you know it's the same it's the same ironically how i explain SysTrack or lakeside software to, to people in the sense that that Sistrack is is the Apple in that space. It 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 you know it's got the most things, and and consistently will deliver the most things, on average better than all the other products. But you'll have products that will do better things in certain spaces. You know you'd have um, controller that'll have a better Citrix solution. You'd have um, what's the other one that that's quite good. Uh, Tanium's got a better flavor for some some of the security stuff. One E's got something better for compliance. Uh, Eternity's got better for business process management capability or, or almost APM stuff. Um, 
but that consistent growth, you know, as it expands out is where Citrix was good. Apple's the same thing. Now, it's funny you talk about Aura because, you know, when we got to Mossel Bay, um, which was around the 18th of December, we'd been to the bush before that. And then we got on the drive down from Joburg to Mossel Bay. We'd stopped in, in Hrafrenet, which is a, a town about eight hours out of Joburg, and, and went on a, to a, a game lodge. And I picked up a cough. And at the same time I picked up the cough, my aura ring picked up a temperature. Now, South Africa still runs the it still runs a um, the same health protocol. So we always, you know, everywhere you go, you're still getting measured for temperature and all that kind of stuff. That hasn't changed. My temperature hasn't changed on any any gun that's been thing. But my aura my aura ring picked up the temperature. Um, and within uh, and, and we drove down on, on the Monday. So this was the Saturday. They picked it up on the Friday, I think. And then the Saturday, I wasn't feeling so good. The Sunday, we drove. Um, sorry, we drove on the Monday. And my daughter wasn't well. So we took her to a GP. And I said to my wife, I just need an antibiotic and I'll be fine. And I went and, thought, and the GP said, no, no, you need something else. So I think I've had COVID again. Or we think mm-hmm. we've, I didn't get tested, but, you know, it's the same sort of thing. And the only thing that picked it up again was my ordering. Um, now, if I probably now the, the the sort of standard approach here for te- for treating COVID is pregnazone um, and two antibiotics. You take an antibiotic for three days, you give it a three day break, and you take another antibiotic for three days, and that pretty much clears it out. Um, and then you do the um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, top of my tongue. Um, it's also it's also a steroid that you take through your nose using a um, I don't know what the name of the thing is. Um, it aspirates the the chemical through your nose. I can't think what it's called. It's gonna bug me. Um, a, neb- a nebulizer. Use a nebulizer. Yeah. Um, now, what was interesting about that whole process is that I could almost, by looking at my aura ring, see when my temperature went back to normal and my respiratory rate went back to normal. So I could see basically once I once I took the prednisone. My respiratory rate went back to normal almost within two or three hours. And I say normal as in what my normal has been for the last couple of months because the aura ring's been tracking it. So I could say, okay, well, I'm back to 16 breaths a minute or whatever it is. Um, but I could see when I got sick and when I started feeling worse, how that number went. Uh, was it down or up? I think I was taking less breaths per minute. Um, and interestingly enough, I couldn't hold my breath. So that's why I think it was COVID again because I couldn't hold my breath again, and I couldn't blow up any of the kids' um, blow up toys because I just I just didn't have the the strength of the breath uh, until I took the prednisone, and then all of a sudden uh, I was back on track. I mean I was very tired and stuff, which was again COVIDy things. Um, but it was interesting how as the medication took effect and as the um, time went on, obviously you know you could see in the numbers in the ordering how things were improving. Um, and it picked up, I should be resting and all the rest of the stuff. And I did, you know, my, my usual sort of exercise. I didn't do workouts and stuff, but I did some exercise. And um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll always have an ordering based on that that fact because it it's the go-to as, as a baseline tool. And I think this is what, what needs to happen with all this data is, you know, I, I showed the doctor who is not, not my normal GP um, what I had. And and she was like, wow, I've never seen this before. If only every every patient had this, so we could just have a baseline. Because often what happens is it's a point in time diagnosis, 
And at that point in time, you know, you'd, and my blood pressure was all over the place. So my blood pressure was like 170 over 130 or something at one point, and then it was down to like 100 over 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to do like twice a day blood pressure monitoring um, to look till it normalized. And this was also some new symptom, whatever it is. And all these things, like you don't have, like if you had to wake up every morning and do your pulse, your blood pressure, your um, get your get your oral health score. This would all help you in your conversation with your doctor to say, look, I'm not feeling well, and mm-hmm. it started on Monday last week, and this is what's happened. And they could see that. Then they have the data to go, okay, well, you know, it's the the blood pressure will come back to normal. So not worry about that. But we're worried about the breathing, because if you're not breathing properly, that's going to affect everything else. Um, and I had this weird vertigo thing as well, where if I just leaned forward in the wrong direction, I would almost lose my balance completely, which was an in the ear infection. Mm. Um, which you know could be the change in pressure, whatever it is. But you know the point I'm getting to is this was all this could all be driven off my aura ring um, to potentially have started the treatment sooner. Like the minute I saw my temperature go up, I should have gone straight to the doctor and said, "Listen, I need antibiotic. Um, this is what's happening." Um, but I waited two or three days, which obviously meant I was more sick by the time I saw the doctor, which meant obviously it took a little bit longer to come right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you got sick. Um, but yeah, interesting the all the data you got back from that. But yeah, I know. Was there uh, anything you you mentioned you'd one or two things maybe you'd want to discuss from uh, 2022? Yeah. So I thought um, there were a couple of episodes that I really enjoyed, uh, which I've now unfortunately closed the window on, so I have to get it back up again. Um, so it was Melissa Kwan with eWebinar. Um, I really enjoyed that episode for a number of reasons. One, I think she's done a phenomenal job with her product and all the rest, and she's a very diverse person to talk to. Um, but also in following up with that, and this is one of the reasons why um, we we had the podcast. We had the podcast, which was to meet people, is a lot of the stuff she posts on LinkedIn is stuff that I save to review later because it's such interesting stuff and it's so relevant um, to some of the stuff that I'm doing at the moment. So in that sense, from a personal point of view, that was that was really good. Um, and then the other one, uh, I just want to get sorry, I just want to get the episode up again because I've now lost it. Um, was the the uh, two sustainability ones we did uh, mm. with uh, Joanna on trace and I'm trying to find the other episode, which I can't see right now. Um, but, you know, I think sustainability is a big thing. I think it's going to be something that needs to be talked about lots and lots and lots. So, um, and I think what we do, you know, again, you know, working remotely or working, going to an office and stuff, if you can do it in a way that is better for the environment, I think that should be a key point to the decision. Um, now I say that with, with a bit of guilt because one of the reasons for coming back to South Africa, we've got to be here for a few months, knowing that I'll have to fly back to London every so often for a week at a time to do some stuff. You know, I'm, I'm not helping the situation by doing that. But while we're here in, in SA, we can be, you know, as lean as we can be on, from a sustainability point of view, um, or do as much as we can to be more sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, going to balance these things out. But you know, I thought those were sort of my top three things. I mean, there's there's obviously plenty of stuff we did last year. I think one thing that I, if I reflect on it, one of the things I didn't take into account 
was moving back to the UK, how that would affect my, I want to say energy, but it definitely made it more difficult to to get calls in and, you know, talk to guests and, and all that kind of stuff. It took a, f- a good few months to get back into the UK rhythm, um, mm-hmm. back in SA. Uh, fortunately, things in SA are, are a bit more organized this time around as well. So I think that that was also a learning curve um, in in trying to balance doing this. And, and uh, we obviously missed a few episodes here and there just because we ran out of, of days to record because mm-hmm. of all these. But I think that's fine. I mean, I think year two, um, in some respects, is, is harder than year one because you've got to uh, keep them, keep momentum um, and you've kind of gone past the, the hump um, and you've got to keep finding, uh, keep, keep yourself on track. Yeah, no, for sure. I think all things considered, um, been pretty consistent for the now two going on to three, going into three. Um, yeah years of the show so that's awesome and yeah i think the just quickly on the uh, sustainability topics those stood out to me as well i really like the um thinking about it from both the side of the what um, businesses can do to reach net zero and sort of uh tools to help you know quantify that build a path towards that um and then also the the personal point of view, which was the other one that we talked about. I think the product was Mother Tree, if I remember correctly, but being able to calculate your own carbon footprint um, and kind of from a, particularly from a financial investment point of view, which is something um, that I think is easy to sort of forget that things like that have carbon impact, um, you know, where you're investing your money or uh, your financial footprint. So, um, but yeah, all in all, I think, a good year of episodes excited for some of the things we'll have coming out already in the early part of this year and yeah just excited to keep it going yeah look and we, and we did some some good growth last year i mean if you look at our we're, we're, we're in the five figure for something that's that i'd consider a niche topic in the mm-hmm. sense that not everyone, not everyone will read not when i say not everyone will care um but if you could if you would compare it to a a more commonly accepted topic like health or you know managing money or something like that where people you know everyone would care about it we we'd expect sort of five figures per episode i think we we've we've seen nice growth now and i appreciate you know everyone that listens you know listening and sharing it with their friends or whoever it is to get some value out and i think what i'd love to do more this year is go back to the community piece that we started but we never really got off the ground uh, which was the slack group mm-hmm. um, and maybe do that a different way um and get some feedback on what would work i mean I, i've looked at at other networks that i'm in and and the one that seems to work the, the best so far is one that's based in whatsapp now that's not necessarily a global tool um and it's not as popular in the us as it is in europe and the uk um but maybe going on the route of something like that or telegram or or even i don't know if iMessage would work as well but something some sort of thing thing like that, that that's mobile device driven as opposed mm. to something like Slack, which is yes, it can be done on your on your device, but it's also a very clunky experience. Whereas you know WhatsApp is pretty pretty slick, um, and they've they've launched a a communities functionality now, uh, which is quite good. So yeah, I mean watch the space, and and if anyone has any feedback, I'd like to get it. Um, you know, send us a note or or whatever works. 
um, to the website or something like that. Um, but that's me, really. Well, cool. Should we wrap up there then for today? Yeah, I think that's great. And I'm looking forward to a good 2023 with you. <laughs> Same here. All right. Thanks, Talk to you later, Ryan. Bye. Day, bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.